Hey everyone, this is Dave Dubow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in, I think you're either in Tennessee or Florida. Which one are you in today, Avery? I'm in Tennessee today in the Smoky Mountains. All right, in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. I'm Canadian Avery. I've never been to that beautiful part of the country, but I've always heard about it. Sounds fascinating. So Avery is a very, very interesting person with an amazing background sports, music, school, business, music industry, real estate. So there's a lot of stuff going on in your life there, lady. You've done a lot of different things. We'll focus today on real estate, but we will, I will ask you a little backstory in a, in a few minutes here, how you got started with that. But, but your main focus, if I'm not mistaken right now, is short-term rentals. Is that correct? Yes. 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 All right. As we're recording this, we're in the midst of the whole COVID coronavirus thing, and I'm not personally involved in short-term rentals or Airbnb-type properties, but some of the people I know have been very, very drastically affected by the fact that tourism is pretty much ground to a halt almost everywhere. So how is how is that affecting people that you work with or your own portfolio of short-term rentals right now, Avery? Sure. So this has been kind of a an educated guess of mine for a while, a hypothesis that the drivable vacation-heavy markets, like the places that are 100% dependent on tourism, I'm not talking about Nashville's, Chicago's, no metro areas, are going to be the most resistant to recessions of any type of market. So metro market, there's metro markets, there's fly to vacation rental markets like Hawaii or Disney. And then there's the drivable regional vacation rental markets like the Smoky Mountains. So we get 13 million visitors a year, all of which are driving in. Very few fly here. Same thing. The other market that I'm in is Destin, Florida and Panama City Beach, Florida. Same thing. I think we get more like eight or nine million visitors a year, but pretty much everyone drives. And then also the Gulf Coast in Alabama, which is Gulf Shores and Orange Beach, same thing. So I have done a lot of work in Nashville, have a lot of clients in Nashville too. And what we found is that, well, COVID, first of all, let me back up, that COVID sucked for the entire short-term rental industry in March and April. My personal properties, which are only, so I've got 28 properties total, six of them are short-term rentals, the rest are, are traditional long-term. Five are in the Smoky Mountains, one is in Destin, Florida. And we lost, within a week, as soon as COVID got serious, everybody canceled, like they did everywhere. Within another week, as people started realizing, okay, I'm going to be working from home for an extended period of time, we got just enough bookings in both places from people who live in drivable big cities who might live in condos or small apartments that said, okay, I cannot be in this small space for two weeks. How about I come social distance and work in your short-term rental? So we were able to break even for March and April without having to dip into any cash reserves, which is a conversation for another podcast. So we made it through there. And then in the Southeast, which is where most of our tourists are coming from anyway, in these two markets, everything kind of started to open back up beginning of May. And we have seen a boom in the drivable vacation rental markets because people are busting to get out of the house, but they don't want to get on a plane and they don't want to go somewhere like Disney where they're going to be, or even just a big metro area where they're going to be around a lot of people. So they're all driving to the vacation areas that they can get to in their cars. So we're actually seeing 
higher prices per night than we ever have even on holidays. So these very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So the regional drivable markets have bounced back in full force. The Metro markets, Nashville is still struggling a little bit down the road. Uh, The bigger cities where there's still a lot of lockdowns struggling as well. Okay. So that is, that is a fantastic distinction because I think most people, uneducated people who might not be involved in short-term rentals, like myself, actually, <laughs> you know, you, you always assume that it's always like tourist focused people flying in, but you brought in such a, an important point there, like regional drivable destinations. So yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Everybody's going what we call shack wacky, staying home with this whole <laughs> COVID thing. They want to get the hell out of the house, go somewhere different, somewhere they can drive to, somewhere that's not surrounded by a gazillion other people. So it just makes sense that if you go to a local, relatively local tourist destination, stay in an Airbnb, a short-term rental, that might be a very good option. So very, very cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm very glad to hear that it was just a little blip for you guys and, and things are, are going along pretty well. So Avery, let's let's talk about short-term rentals in general. How did this will get into a little bit of your backstory? How did you come across short-term rentals and why did you decide to focus on that? And what exactly do you guys do around the whole short-term rental industry? Sure. So what I do is I'm an agent. I have a team of agents in those three markets that we just mentioned in Tennessee, Florida, and Alabama. Mm -hmm. And I got into this, I was working in the music business as a marketing manager. Before that, I played guitar in bands and did that whole thing. So we kind of started this just as like a retirement plan. We were only going to buy one or two properties long-term and we had no idea what we were doing. Didn't listen to a podcast, didn't read a book, just bought one. And luckily it's still our uh, highest performing long-term to, to date. We still have it. But once we bought that first one and we started getting those rent checks, we said, oh wow, this is something we really want to scale and build. So then we started educating ourselves after we'd already pulled the trigger on something. But our problem was we only had one down payment. We didn't have a lot of cash to put down on anything or to buy, you know, a bunch of stuff. So we said, how can we best optimize this with one property to where we can scale the fastest? And we were living in Nashville at the time. So we thought about short-term rentals. The Nashville market, like a lot of metro areas, has a lot of volatility with the STR regulations. So not really the safest place to invest. STR stands for short-term rental, right? Yes, short-term rental regulations. So, and you'll find that with a lot of the big metro areas, there's a lot of clashes between the city council and people who live there in the neighborhoods who don't want the Airbnbs there. So we said, well, where can we go? Yeah. Yeah. So where can we go that we can do this and not have to worry about that? And we said, well, we go on vacation to the Smoky Mountains all the time. People have always been staying in in short-term rentals there since the 70s. So let's try that. And again, didn't know anybody who did it. We just went out on a limb, <laughs> made a bet on ourselves and did it. Yeah. And that one was very, very successful. We quickly scaled that into five within a year in the Smoky Mountain market. And then we started branching off and getting some duplexes, some long terms and some other markets. But the hole that I found in the market was that there were no agents or, or really anybody who could help us out with cleaners and handymen and learning how to do this. They would just say, oh, here, use this rental company, use this property manager. And the property managers in these vacation rental markets that have been around for decades and decades charge between 20 and 40% so of your gross. So it's a lot. Yeah. And so what I did is as we started to buy more properties, 
I got licensed and I made myself that agent in these three markets. And now I have a team of agents under me who all do the same thing. They all own their own short-term rentals. And what we do for our clients is not only do we do the buyer agent thing and help you get the property. Once you get it, we teach you how to get your Airbnb and VRBO listings put together, automation tools, tips and tricks. And then we also get you everybody that you need to be able to manage it remotely from anywhere without having to pay anybody that 20 to 40% of your gross. Very, very cool. So maybe if you don't mind me asking a little bit about your personal journey when it comes to short-term rentals. So you guys went from, you, you bought your first single family home, long-term buying old. You decided to get into short-term rentals in the Smoky Mountains. You very quickly built up to four, uh, sorry, five properties, I believe you said there. So what do those properties look like? Are these houses? Are they cottages? Are they condos? What, what are they? The ones in the Smokies are cabins, and that's going to be dependent upon your market and what is expected by the tourists. So in the Smokies, condos don't really work. The tourists want to stay in cabins. They want the mountain experience. Whereas if you go down to Florida, condos are totally okay. People love condos on the beach. So you kind of have to pay attention and do some research on what's expected. But mine are single family. All of mine are single families in all the markets. Okay, very cool. So just to get an idea, what kind of price points are people looking at? Or what's the range in these three different markets that you have? I understand it's going to be all over the place, but give or take, just to get an idea. Depending on how big of a property they're after, how much money they want to spend, it can be anywhere from 200000 to 900000 a million. It just depends. The biggest driver of income is going to be number of bedrooms. So like I had a client recently who insisted on a $1.3 million three bedroom, and it really, really made my head explode because that is not a good return on investment. The more expensive it is, the more bedrooms you want it to have because the more money people will will pay to sleep that many people. So it really just depends. It's not really a one size fits all, which is a really good thing about this investment strategy is that, you know, nobody is priced out. No, there's not a lot of barrier to entry, like say with multifamily. So, you know, newbies or really experienced investors can find a price range and ROI range that works for them. Cool. So let's take a look at the, the properties that you have in the, in the Smoky Mountains. So give me an idea of these these five cabins that you have. What are they? What size are they? What do they kind of look like? Are they? Did you buy them all in one fell swoop? Were they kind of like a little, in all in one area, or are they separate, completely separate properties? They're all in slightly different areas. As long as the property in that market is within twenty minutes of the attractions, you're in good shape. They're going to rent roughly the same. So mine are all one and two bedrooms, and the reason for that was I was saving up a down payment, then buying what I could afford really quickly to just snowball that cash flow. But the most recent one that I bought is a big four bedroom with a pool. There's kind of a little turbocharger in income between three bedrooms and four bedrooms or short-term rentals. So the four to six bedrooms have the highest ROI and efficiency and management. I mean, it's, it's the exact same amount of effort to manage a six bedroom as it is a one bedroom. Mm-hmm. So while my one and two bedrooms did exactly what I needed them to do to get me scaled, four bedrooms and up really are the, the best way to go. So give me an idea. So let's say that one or two bedroom, the smaller property that you got into, well, I guess that wouldn't ever really rent out as a long-term rental, or maybe they would. Compare and contrast like a standard rental versus what you're doing with short-term rentals as far as cash flow. Okay, sure. So my two bedroom cabins, they are grossing 
55,000 a year each, you're not going to start at that. You'll probably gross about 45 to start out. I've had mine going for a couple of years. I have some great reviews. So I'm looking at 55,000 a year each, whereas, and you'll have to forgive me. I measure my, my uh, short terms on an annual basis oh, and my long terms on a monthly basis. Okay. Whereas my long terms are making a standard two bedroom unit, whether it's a single family or half of a duplex, they're making four or 500 bucks a month. Okay. So the first ones are grossing 50 grand, let's say mm-hmm. annually. What would your net be after you paid everything else out, including mortgage and, and management fees and all that kind of good stuff? So if you're self-managing and everyone that's listening, take this with an entire shaker of salt, because two people can gross the same exact thing and have wildly different nets, just depending on, on how they manage. But with a mortgage, you should be able to net roughly 40% of your gross in your first year. As you get better reviews, you'll be able to raise your prices and you, you can do better than that. But to start, you're looking at right around 40%. Okay. Very, very good. Interesting stuff. Okay, so what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making when they first start getting into short-term rentals, Avery? Like if they aren't working with a team like you, and if they don't, sounds like you got pretty lucky with your first one, but what are some of the, I'm sure you've seen some disaster stories. I haven't seen too many big disasters, but the main thing that, the and it's with any type of investing, and I'm sure you've heard it a million times, is analysis paralysis is the worst thing that any investor of any type can do to themselves. Yeah, just overthinking it and never doing anything, right? That's the whole thing. (laughs) Very, very cool. Awesome, Avery. So if people want to find out more about you and your team and what you guys do, what would be the best thing for them to do? My website is theshorttermshop.com. You can text me right off the website or you can set up a consultation, send me an email. There's a zillion ways to get a hold of me on there. Just out of curiosity, a lot of our listeners are, are Canadian. Do you work with any foreign investors? You've got any any folks from outside of the States that have bought these kind of properties with you guys? Yes, yes. We have a few Canadian clients. Also, we have quite a few clients from China as well, and then several from India. So yeah, definitely out of the country friendly for sure. Excellent. Well, Avery, I want to thank you very much. And, and thank you for expanding my context and, and understanding the difference between you know, an Airbnb in Hawaii or Disney and those kind of things, which are kind of what I had, or Metro, major Metro short-term rentals versus what you've called, you know, regional driving distance type properties where the primary customer are people that can drive to your area and how that, the, the big difference that makes when you come into situations like this, where economic uncertainty, pandemics, things like that, it seems like, that doesn't get affected nearly as bad. Right, right. Awesome. Thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. Be very, very much appreciated. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries, about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.